All right, so as of right now, we are less than two weeks away from Christmas. And if you haven't finished your shopping yet, well, good luck to you. With that being said, you're going to want to listen close. Coming up on the show today, it's a runner's guide to Christmas shopping. We chat with Steve Boyd, aka Old Sir, the Queen's cross country and distance track coach, about books every runner should have. We also make the trip to downtown London, Ontario to the Runner's Choice and chat with owner Brian Hagmeyer about what's new and what's failsafe. And we read some letters to Santa from notable running figures. You're not going to want to go anywhere. You are listening to the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. The Terminal Mile presents Fake Letters to Santa. Dear Santa, I've been very good this year. I've tried my best to keep the people updated with the latest in running news, live streaming events, and providing a forum for runners to have a meaningful discussion. Hey, what? All I'm asking for this year is some new video equipment. Nothing special, just windproof, up to 150 kilometers per hour, please. Thanks in advance, Adam Stacy, Tracky Group. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, at The Terminal Mile on Twitter, and no matter how far you run or where you run to, at some point, you end up at the local running store, making it a great place for you to shop for the other runners on your list this holiday season. That's why this week I took a trip down to my local running store, Runner's Choice in London, Ontario, to see owner Brian Hagmeyer and ask about the perfect gift for this holiday season. Thanks for being on the show today, Brian. Well, thanks for having me. Okay, Brian, let's start off with a scenario. Let's say I have a secret Santa coming up with a $20 limit and I know the other person is a runner. What is a surefire 100% never fails gift that is sure to be a success? Well, there's a couple things that we can look at. Um, the one thing that I usually would go to that I think is a great gift for the runner um, that I think everybody can use is a, a pair of running gloves. Um, one of my favorites is the Mizuno Breath Thermal Glove. Uh, it's twenty dollars. It's a great glove. It's very versatile. Fits much many different temperature ranges. So you kind of spring fall all the way into the winter. Um, the other thing, runners kind of sounds like a bit of a hokey gift, but runners always love socks. Um, mm. You never go wrong with a good pair of socks. Oh, exactly. As a runner, I feel like I go through a whole lot of socks. So do you? What would you suggest if someone came in? Um, it, it really depends on the runner. Um, getting to know the person kind of that, that is the person you're buying the gift for is a little bit important because there is a broad range of selection in socks, whether we're looking at a thicker sock or a thin sock. Um, we do have some nice winter socks. So for, uh, for this time of year, um, there are a couple of um, nice winter socks that Mizuno um, makes and that Segway make that would be great gift ideas. Mm-hmm. Now, taking a look at around the store here, you have a lot of clothing. Now, buying running clothes, like any clothes for someone can be tough. Uh, what are some pointers you have when picking out some new threads for the runner on your list? Um, again, the main thing is getting to know that runner, knowing what their, what their running habits are, whether they're kind of going to run kind of outside and whether they'll run through anything. Um, some people will run outside, um, but only to certain temperature ranges. So we'll have to know whether that person is going to be outside kind of rain, kind of sleet, snow, no matter what the temperature's like. If it's minus 20, they're going out. Then we can find them the appropriate kind of type of clothing and the, and the thickness and the weight that, that's going to work for them and that's going to keep them comfortable um, and running. And our staff has got really good at kind of figuring out kind of sizing as well. Um, so we're quite good if somebody comes in and gives us some kind of um, idea of the, the size of the person, we can usually find something that's going to work quite well for them. If you are going to go the way of clothing, what with technology changing all the time, what's new on the market that is sure to impress the receiver of the gift? 
Um, there's a couple unique pieces this year, and one of the one of the pieces that's a little bit different is um, its second year um, that's been in the store is the uh, New Balance Beacon Jacket, um, and it's a unique jacket in the fact that it's bright to begin with, but also has a treatment on it that glows in the dark. So depending um, on your conditions, um, you're going to be visible even if there is a low light condition. Um, the jacket charges up with very little light. I think 10 minutes of light will kind of charge the material on the jacket. It's a treatment on the outside. And then it actually glows in the dark as you're, as you're out there. So this time of year, it is dark quite often. Now shoes, every runner has to have them, but uh, do they make good gifts? It seems like you pretty much have to go in-store to find the perfect fit. What would you suggest for those looking to get the runner on the list, on their list, a pair of shoes? Well, the good news if you want to get somebody a pair of shoes is that runners tend to be creatures of habit, and we tend to kind of like the same shoe that we had last time. So if you can find a pair of shoes in their closet um, that you know they've been using and that they've liked, um, your local running store should be able to find you kind of either the same shoe or the newer replacement for that shoe because shoes do update on a regular basis. But um, knowing, take a quick picture of it with your cell phone, bring it in, and we'll be able to identify it and kind of find you kind of the newest and latest and greatest. Um, it is important to be fit properly, um, and shoes always work as a gift certificate. Basically, you can bring them back, and we will fit you up, and we always suggest that. If you're getting somebody a pair of shoes, send them back in to see us after Christmas. We'll make sure that the shoe's appropriate for them, that it fits properly, and then away they go. As far as shoes go, what is new uh, on that front? When someone comes looking in or comes in looking for, for shoes, what would you suggest for them? Um, again, the main thing is figuring out kind of what their running needs are, kind of what type of running they're doing, whether they're kind of on the roads, trails, um, whether they want something specific for winter, for the winter conditions. We can find that for them. Um, minimalism kind of was big a couple of years ago. Um, it's certainly kind of not as big now. We're starting to see a little bit of a swing towards maximalism in shoes. Um, so they're a little thicker, um, beefier midsoles underneath the foot, so a little bit more protection. Um, but again, it... it very individual for the runner themselves. So the main thing is kind of going to your local kind of independent run shop, um, talk to the runners. They'll know kind of what's going to work for you. Um, and they've got all kinds of experience and they'll find something that's appropriate. I imagine a popular gift this season is going to be the GPS-based running watches. For someone looking to get into that, what would you suggest? Um, and maybe for the more advanced user as well. Yeah, running watches, watches have always been popular the last number of years. Um, Garmin seems to be the go-to watch for most runners. Um, we do a couple different ones. Um, the Forerunner 10 is um, a great kind of starting watch for people. Prices come down on it, so it's, um, it's a reasonable price. Um, and it's got all the main things that a, a beginner runner would want. So it's going to be your pace, your distance, that type of idea, all the kind of the key features, but without being too complicated and overly complicated for that beginner. And then for the more advanced runner, they can look at stepping up into the, the Forerunner 220 or the 620. Again, with a lot more mm -hmm. features on them, um, a little bit more customizable, a lot more feedback, and with the option of adding heart rate as well, which will give you a lot more feedback um, with your running. Uh, oftentimes, you can get uh, the same stuff at a bigger sports store. Now, what are the advantages to going to a running specific store like this one here? Well, one of the main advantages is kind of, I would say, kind of that you're going to get the, um, the advice that you need. Um, most independent running stores, or I'd say all independent running stores, are going to be staffed by runners themselves. Um, that's the one thing that you're not necessarily going to get um, at a, a big chain store. So you're going to come in, they're going to kind of 
they're going to connect with you. They're going to kind of be able to relate to you a little bit better and know exactly what your needs are um, and what's going to work for you. Um, the other thing that kind of helps is you're kind of supporting a smaller, usually a smaller independent store that's locally owned and within the community as well. So it's always good to kind of um, buy locally if you can support your local community. But I'd say the main thing is kind of that authenticity of kind of dealing with runners. For sure. And uh, not only that, but it seems like a lot of the races around here is going to be sponsored by by one of you guys as well, which Definitely. is uh, always really nice. Uh, closing out, what else do you guys have to offer? Is there anything else that would make a good gift? Yeah, there's a couple little things that um, we've brought in over the last couple of years that we've found have done really well and, and great Christmas gifts. Again, stocking stuffers, things that aren't too expensive. Um, we sell a lot of buffs this time of year. Um, great accessory for running, something that's kind of nice you can throw on. Um, versatile, kind of uh, depending on the weather. And the other item that's, um, that's new for us is the flip belt. Um, again, something you're not going to see everywhere, but um, great running accessory. Carry So many people carry phones now. Um, it'll hold any size phone, fits well, holds your gels, kind of your phone, your money, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple neat ideas that way. Well, thanks for being on the show today, Brian. Thank you for having me. The Terminal Mile presents Fake Letters to Santa. Dear Santa, we've had a good year. We really have. The season started and there was all sorts of hype surrounding what we were capable of. And for the most part, I think we lived up to it. If we could just ask for one thing though, could you ask the OUA to change its rules to be a little more consistent with the CIS? It's not too much to ask for, is it? Is it? Seriously. Sincerely, the McMaster Men's Cross Country Team. It's a runner's guide to Christmas on today's episode of The Terminal Mile, and there's no better time to settle down with a book than during the holidays. It should also be noted that books make great gifts and can really be inspirational and full of good information for whomever picks them up. To tell us all about some great titles for runners today is the coach of the Queen's Cross Country Team, Distance Track Team, Physicult, and is an outspoken Masters runner himself. Welcome to the show, Steve Boyd. Hi. Basically, running books can be broken down into two major groups, training guides and narratives. While both can be really beneficial to read, let's start first with training guides. In your opinion, what training guides are the ones that must every runner must have? Well, anyone who knows me knows that top of my list is going to be uh, Jack Daniels' Daniels Running Formula. Um, it's now, I think, 20-some years old. I discovered it in 1992. Uh, really changed changed my running life. Um, I learned a lot of basics from that book, such as how to execute a proper tempo run. I used to just kind of time trial my tempos, but learned how to do that. And what I, what I like best about Daniel's book is uh, it's, it's science-based. It's, it's based on his uh, research and exercise physiology, and it's, it's a really ingenious attempt to adapt what he learned in the lab to, to the real world of training. Um, the heart and soul of it is the VDOT system, where you uh, you know, you base your perform base your workouts on your on your actual fitness based on race current race performances. Uh, but there's also lots of good anecdotal stuff. Anyone who's met Jack knows he's very down to earth, kind of um, simple Yankee type. Uh, doesn't overstate what he has to say. Um, doesn't also make too many elaborate claims for the science. Uh, just really good basic stuff, but also just ingenious in the way that it adapts the research to uh, to training. So Daniel's running formula. For anyone who doesn't have it, I think a second edition is, uh, I think, late 90s, maybe early 2000s. I think it's probably due for a new one, but a fantastic book, uh, some pictures in there as well, and just, just great stuff. 
I actually picked up the uh, the third edition this fall, just in in preparation for a half marathon. Um, have you noticed a lot of change, edition to edition, or you know, is it one of those things where you want to go with the latest one? Well, you know, I haven't seen the, the third one. That's interesting. Um, when did uh, you know? I guess I'll find it when it came out. But uh, I can't see ma- any major changes from from first to second, except perhaps uh, he he slowed the e pace uh, recommendations down a little bit. I'm not sure sure why that was um it got a little bigger uh the format was a little bigger and more readable uh because it was so the first one was so successful um but other than that i, I can't really see many differences again because it's, it's based in his physiological research which you know didn't change between the two editions i mean i think he added a few more uh you know a little more filler a little more anecdotal stuff in there um in the second one but otherwise i think the basics are are very uh consistent from edition to edition is there any other training guides that you'd really suggest uh, that every runner should have? Um, yeah, I think probably the lore of running Tim Noakes, which is a giant, you know, uh, doorstopper of a book. Um, it's a little more, more idiosyncratic. Uh, Noakes is a, a mercurial kind of figure. Um, his, his mind, uh, he ranges across a lot of topics. He makes probably, you know, more claims for science than Daniels would be willing to make. He's less, a little less circumspect, but, but really entertaining and includes a lot of great anecdotal stuff and some older runners. I mean, I'm, by older, I mean like going way back, like a hundred years, which gives you a sense of, you know, how old, how old the sport is and how long people are thinking about it. But it's just great. It's just got there's so much in it. It's very eclectic. Uh, it's just fun to read. I don't think anyone ever reads it cover to cover, but uh, I pull it out once in a while, just crack it and, and just read a section. I find it really entertaining. I know some people think he's a bit of a crank, but uh, he's got some really good ideas. I mean, his, his latest ideas are about, you know, the brain and, you know, the limits of, uh, of human performance, the brain-based limits of human performance. He's the guy that's introduced the central governor theory, which I know Alex Hutchinson, a friend of mine, and um, a science journalist is very interested in. So I would recommend the, the Noakes book. You can get it cheaply, too. I think it's about, I, I think I got my copy for maybe 10 or $12. So I would highly recommend that for, for young runners who are just uh, looking to build their libraries. For sure, for sure. Now, as, as a runner... We all have those friends who are just, you know, they they say that they want to get into running and uh, they they just, you know, they, they want more information on the sport and that sort of stuff. Uh, are there any good, you know, training-based books that would be good to get beginners looking to get into the sport, into the sport? Yeah, a new book just came out, um, uh, 80-20, the Matt Fitzgerald book. Uh, I, I believe that's on the shelves now. What that is is a great primer in uh, uh, Lydiard uh, the literature-based approach to training, which I think is now uh, pretty much the basis of all forms of training, I would argue, um, and yet it doesn't present it uh, as such, as, as, as literature-based uh, training. It really presents it just kind of the basics of how to approach a distance running, um, which I think is probably uh, is going to be a little more effective than talking about some coach from the 1950s, which can be alienating for young runners. But the 80-20, the title just suggests that's the percentage of uh, you know easy aerobic running versus uh, higher intensity running that every program should contain. So I, I would recommend that. I actually haven't read the whole thing yet. I've read a couple excerpts from it, but um, it's the next book. It's gonna be the next book I get. Mm. Now, while maybe not as crucial for every runner to have, uh, there are a few manuals out there that uh, perhaps. Not exactly 100% uh, words to train by, but perhaps interesting reads. Are there any of those out there? Um, in terms of training, uh, well, I mean, there's, uh, you know, uh, I guess the Jeff Galloway book would be would be one. I mean, Jeff was a great runner back in the day, uh, but now he, he preaches the kind of walk, the 10-minute 10 10 minute run, one-minute walk thing. Um, again, there's good, really, really basic learn-to-run sort of stuff in that. Uh, 
you know, it would, wouldn't be the top of my list, but uh, again, for like an absolute neophyte, might be interesting. Um, yeah, so per- perhaps that. I don't even know if you can get that. I, mean, I guess you can get anything on Amazon now. Um, and I was looking at some of these other titles I'm going to mention as well. So I guess you can get it, but uh, that would be one. Before we move on to narratives, are any other uh, any other training manuals that, that you'd really suggest for runners out there? Yeah, there's one I wanted to mention. It's not really a training manual, but I think it's extremely useful. Um, it's a book called Anatomy for Runners, and it's by a, uh, a uh, I guess a kinesiologist named Jay Dechari. And I can send you these, uh, write these out for you, and send them to you. So uh, in case you want to post them up for people to look up, for it's sure. called Anatomy for Runners, and that's really what it is. It's just a uh, it's a book about uh, you know the anatomy of the of the running body, uh, along with a lot of uh, advice on how to how to treat and how to strengthen the running body. Um, there's a little bit of stuff on, on form work as well. Uh, normally, I'm not a big form guy, but this guy keeps it kind of down to earth and, and, and bases it on uh, his knowledge of strength strength training. So it's it's basically a, a guide to injury prevention, which is something everybody needs to know. I think runners generally need to know what's going on underneath the skin. And I haven't found a better, uh, more lively, engaging book on that sort of thing than here. I mean, it's not for specialists. It's for runners. Um, and yet it contains a lot of great detailed technical uh, information on um on uh, biomechanics of, of and strength-based uh, uh, training for runners. Now, moving on to narratives, has there been any books that have been really inspiring to yourself as a runner? Yeah, I mean the, these these ones are going to seem a little a little dated, but they're still I think fantastic, and I go back to them every once in a while. Um, the first biography I read was the Roger Bannister story, first four minutes, which I, I went and googled and found out that you actually can get uh, used on um, on Amazon. So that's called First Four Minutes. Bannister is a very erudite guy. He, he wrote it himself. He didn't have any uh, any ghost author on it. Um, so th- this is, I mean, he's an Oxford man, so he put words together. So that's, it's a great story. I fell in love with uh, with running um, through that one. So that was the first biography I read, Bannister, First Four Minutes. Then um, the next one I had a big influence on me when I was a little older called Herb Elliott's story. Uh, people might not know Elliott. Uh, Elliott was the... Uh, and, and maybe is the greatest uh, miler, 1,500-meter runner of all time. He, he retired undefeated, uh, won over 100 consecutive races, and, and yet he was only 23, I think, when he when he retired. So that's a story of um, he and his really eccentric coach, Percy Cerruti, uh, training in the on the beaches of, uh, of Australia in a place called Port Sea. So I was just uh, I was just enthralled with and entranced by that, you know, as a young guy just getting into the sport, the idea of going off to a training camp and, and running up sand dunes and stuff, and it's just a, it's just an excellent read. So that's Herb Elliott's story. That's uh, Herb Elliott with Alan Trengrove, who is a an Australian uh, journalist. And and then the last biography that that really had a big impact on me was uh, Brendan Foster, which is called Brendan Foster. And people will know Brendan Foster as race director of the London Marathon, but uh, many years before that, he was world record holder in the ten thousand meters and an Olympic medalist in seventy six. What I loved about the Foster book is uh, he's just a, a working class bloke from Newcastle and. Uh, his story is very engaging and down to earth. He wasn't very good when he started, and then uh, and then transformed into a into a world record holder. And just I just love that story and how he was, you know, running mileage, you know, counting every step he took. I mean, if he went down to the store for a carton of milk, he would you know jog a mile and jog back and then go log it. Um, that fascinated me, and it was funny. Um, it was self-deprecating and just just a fantastic read. So that's Brendan Foster. That was written with Cliff Temple. Um, so the, the, those are the three big ones for me, and then. Well, if you want, if you want to contrast with that, uh, uh, Alberto Salazar's uh, book for, "14 Minutes" is just weirdly bad, and and really shows how good these other three biographies were. 
Uh, I wouldn't recommend you buy the, the Salazar book, but if you're interested in uh, the inside of a, a really obsessed mind, uh, obsessed in a bad way, I, I would uh, borrow a copy of 14 Minutes. You can borrow mine if you want, everybody. <laughs> uh, so those are the uh, those are the biographies I would mention. That you see that that's really interesting because uh, obviously Salazar has you know an incredible career and has done some incredible work, but can't write a book, eh? No, well, I mean, he had some help with it, obviously, but what comes through is, I mean, it's an honest biography. What comes through is, is just how um, strange and, and dysfunctional he was. And it's no surprise to me that, you know, his career was, and he was a great career, but it was, that was foreshortened. Um, he was, you know, in many ways, just obsessed. He's kind of, he's kind of a mystic. He had a bit of a difficult childhood, but not in any of the, uh, the usual ways. He was, you know, came from a upper middle class family, but just a really obsessive guy. And it, it explains, I think for people, illuminates a lot of, what makes him such an obsessive coach? What makes him into the pseudo, uh, gets him into the pseudoscience and uh, into the emotional side of the sport? Um, and, and what makes him such a details-oriented guy? I mean, I once heard Salazar described as you know somebody who would sell his firstborn uh, child for another five seconds off his marathon, and that that image definitely comes through in the book. Hmm. Are there any more uh, books to go into the honorable mention category? Um, in terms of biographies. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I haven't read too many uh, good biographies lately. Uh, I, I just don't find uh, contemporary runners as interesting. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, there is one I wanted to mention. It's kind of a biography. It's a fictionalized biography, and I just read it a couple of years ago. It's, it's a new book. It's translated from French. Um, it's a strange little thing. It was given to me as a, as a Christmas present by Dylan Weiss, actually. It's just called Running, and it's by a French writer called Jean Echenos. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Again, I can, I can uh, mail that to you. Um, and it's a fictionalized biography of Emil Zatopek. I've been a big Zatopek fan my whole life, but it's just you know beautifully, elegantly written. It's a tiny little thing. It's I think it's only uh, maybe you know less than a hundred pages, but it's just um, very concise, very poetic. Uh, just a beautiful little book. And so anybody or any runner who's uh, got a literary bent um, and you know maybe likes the historical stuff as well, I would highly recommend it. It's just called Running. Um, and if you can read it in French, it's probably even better. Uh, so there would be that. That's kind of halfway between, uh, I guess, a little novel and, and a biography. Well, so that's fantastic. That's probably the best thing I've read in the last three, four years. Steve Boyd, he's the coach of the cross-country team and the distance track, distance track team at Queens. He also coaches physical and is uh, quite the accomplished Masters runner himself and obviously quite the bookworm as well. You can find him online at physi-cultrunning.com. Thanks a lot for being on the show today, uh, Steve. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. The Terminal Mile presents Fake Letters to Santa. Dear Santa, I heard that Adam Stacy and the Tracky Group were looking for video equipment. Well, he can have ours. I mean, what does a cross-country team need a video camera for anyways? Sincerely, the Queen's Athletic Department. Well, that wraps up today's show. Hopefully we gave you some good advice, and maybe if you've already done your shopping, pass this along to someone who hasn't. Thanks to you for listening, to Tracky for all their help, Brian at Runner's Choice and Steve Boyd for being on the show today. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at The Terminal Mile to keep up to date with what we're doing and keep your eye on the Tracky Radio page for new episodes of this and The Rob Watson Show. You've been listening to The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. And remember, keep running. Keep running.